We continue this week on Locked On Coyotes as we get through more draft profiles. We're now within the three-week mark until the NHL entry draft. Will Scouts of Scouting is going to be joining us, talking about another one of the top prospects in the upcoming draft. All in today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leonio. That's Carl Pavlak right beside me. On today's episode of Locked On Coyotes, we want to thank everyone for making this show your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, which means we'll never, ever have a paywall. we got a great episode for you today as we continue our draft prospect profiles as we count down to the NHL draft. Will Scouts from Scouching joins us on today's episode. Will, thanks for coming on to Locked On Coyotes. Oh, Robin and Carl. I'm so thrilled to be here. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. How are you? Doing pretty well. It's crunch time. It's a little bit in it's a little bit, you know, squirrely over here, uh, cramming <laughs> the last couple of weeks before the draft. But uh, you know, it's all good. You know, it's all fun. It's all good times. So uh a little bit nutty, but hanging in there. We're doing we're doing good. <laughs> Ah, that's great. That's great to hear. I'm glad that that that, that like for like for us specifically that we're able to stretch out our our draft content because last year like I didn't do any draft content because the Coyotes did not have a first round pick that we knew of. Right. So I was like, I could nah, I could skip through it, and then they, I had to do two months worth of draft content in two hours. <laughs> yeah, sometimes uh, it's a chaotic time of year. It's certainly very chaotic. So. Hopefully, luckily for Arizona, it seems like the opposite is the problem this year. There's there's a lot going on, so uh, hopefully we can make up for for all that lost time last year. Uh, definitely a lot of picks, uh, and and who knows, we could see more. I could see Bill Armstrong making a move uh, yeah. or a couple moves at the draft. He has uh, done some good things, and and I think fans trust him enough to kind of see like yeah, wait and see whatever move he makes. Yeah, I could see why. I mean, it's been, you know, this is the this is the fun part of a rebuild where you're just sort of taking it all down, starting over again, rebooting. You get the draft to sort of, you know, get some pieces for the future. Yeah, I mean, are they done? I mean, there's not very many guys signed for next year, but you never know. Uh I mean, it, it'll be a it'll be a fun it'll be a fun time for sure. Oh yeah. Um I do really want to see eventually like we're making jokes about the uh, the second round becoming the Bill Armstrong round. Maybe just yep. make the make this the entire twenties, the entire like you know twenty to the twenty to twenty to thirty, like up yeah. twenty up to thirty two, just all Bill Armstrong picks. Yeah, just book it out solid. Just just forget about it. Everyone else trades their picks. Yeah, you know what? It. it I don't think I don't I don't remember the last time I saw something like this where they had I think it's seven picks in the first two rounds. Like that's. I don't think I've ever, I don't remember the last time I saw that. So I'm excited. I, I can't wait to see what they do with it. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Well, um, here on this show, we still have a, like, we still have like one more top prospect we want to get to. Obviously, the because the Coyotes have three picks total, um, two of which are going to be in the uh, the latter, you know, like five, six picks of the uh, of the draft. But we'll get to that later. 
first, let's get to the last top prospect that we wanted to get to on uh, on the show, and that's the uh, it's been David Yerichek. Uh, according to a lot of a lot of um, you know reports out there, well, is he's right now like like in contention for top defenseman with 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 Simon Nemich. Yeah, um, it's interesting. I th- I think that that certainly is the case. I mean, it is for me. I think those two guys are really close, uh, and they're very different players. Um, when I look at David Juracek, I see a player that, you know, to me, you're hoping for improvement. Like right now, you can kind of see what he's trying to get at in terms of how he plays and how he how he executes his play, but he's not quite well-refined or strong enough to sort of get there. He spent a lot of time hurt this year. I think he missed five months or so. Um, and I did, I, so if anyone's unfamiliar, I track games manually. So I do a lot of data work looking at these players. And with Juracek, I did a lot of games before he got hurt. And then I've done, I think, two since he came back from being injured. He's been playing internationally a little bit. And I, I think he has sort of taken a little bit. I don't want to say like a step back as if he's not the player he was before he was injured, but it is clear to me that he's a player that's missed some time. So I, I don't think I'm, it's something that con- concerns me. But when I see him play, he's a very uh, physically intense player, but he's not strictly defensive. This is a guy who I think has a bit of skill, you know, has a bit of creativity offensively. He can work off the blue line, generate offense, um, you know, a pretty decent shot from the blue line. But he's more of an intimidating defender than a guy like Simone Nemich. He's more of a of a physical guy. You know, he'll go into the corners. He'll 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 push guys against the boards. He'll pin them. You know, do all those things that I think NHL teams really latch onto. To me. The, the kicker is that he's not, you know, he tries a lot of those things, but he's not always particularly successful. Not at a rate that I think a lot of other defensemen are. And, you know, running breakouts and stuff at the pro level is still a bit of a work in progress. But, you know, he's a really interesting, toolsy, physical defender that I think that with a few years of work and a few years of patience um, could turn into something really interesting. In Arizona's case, they have an interesting situation where, they don't really have, I would say, expectations for next year. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. There's nope. not much, you know. So if they want to just bring him over and say, hey, even if we lose 82 games next year, like we want you sort of learning the NHL game on the fly. Like, don't get too discouraged. You know, we know you got hurt last year. Like, we want you sort of easing your way back in. Maybe that will work in the NHL. But if I had my way, I would imagine he goes back to the Czech Republic or something for a little while, or maybe to the AHL for a little while, um, just to sort of get a little more comfortable playing the style that he plays. But if it works out, uh, yeah, he could be a, you know, I, I always look at him like a guy like Mikhail Sergachev, you know, a big physical, but not defense first guy. Like, he can, Sergeyev can produce, he can sort of run the puck up the ice himself, play with some skill, generate some offense. And I think I could see something like that out of Juracek down the road. And with Arizona, yeah, I mean, like he he definitely could be one of those guys to add to that defensive stockpile that I think they should build a little more on top of with guys like Soderstrom there already. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think he'd be a reasonable option for, for Arizona. Uh, three might be a little bit high for me, especially with the uncertainty. But I mean, at the end of the day, he could still be a, a really, really talented defenseman for sure. Yeah, I mean, one of the thing we things we've talked about with pretty much everyone we've had on is I don't think the Coyotes want to have whoever they draft on an NHL team with them next year because it's going to be bad. Like, you don't <laughs> want to have that, like, you know, that be their first experience in the NHL, let them develop uh, either, you know, overseas in Europe or in the AHL. Like, that's kind of the great thing about drafting a European player. They don't have to worry about the the junior system. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they can do. But yeah, I, if you need some time, do you think it's more of like a a rust issue, or do you think it's like lingering like surgery problem like that? I mean, I think it's both. I I know you know like I. I, I'm not I'm not a doctor I'm not a I'm not a surgeon or anything and I know but I know for a fact that knee surgeries and knee problems like in terms of long term recovery generally you can especially nowadays relative to 10 20 years ago you can recover like you're you're going to be fine you get you know you just have to go through the rehab full range of motion you know get all that that flexibility back that's the big thing with knee injuries especially with hockey players is getting the getting the range of motion back um and because the physical training that's that's sort of you can work on that and i i think that that's the part where the rust might be there where you know he was he was months away from training and playing um and and in terms of the actual way he was playing there might have been some of that but it also might be that you know he was going through rehab and doing all of these things and that range of motion might might have been there um but he did look a little bit i don't want to say slower but maybe a little clunkier like a little bit more uh, unstable, um, not as sort of comfortable on his feet, but again, it was his first like five or 10 games coming back from a pretty serious injury. And, you know, you kind of have to go, yeah, like maybe it's a bit of a concern, but you know, I mean, I, I, I always think back to guys in the past who have had knee injuries in their draft year, guys like Morgan Riley, Alex Galchenyuk, you know, guys who didn't play that many minutes or that many games, I should say, and have had pretty good careers. I mean, Galchenyuk, can say what you want, but he came back and had a good NHL career and has, has been having one. Morgan Riley is Morgan Riley and, and there's others out there. You know, it's not super common where knee injuries are now what they were 25 years ago. It's just a matter of for Juracek getting back to sort of that pre-Christmas era David Juracek that, that was sort of more physically dominant, more rangy on his feet, more fluid. Um, because I don't think that's come back yet. But again, I'm, it's not something I'm super concerned about personally. We're talking with Will Scouch of Scouching about David Juracek on today's episode of Lockdown Coyotes. We're going to continue our conversation, break things even more down in just a moment. But first, we're going to turn to Carl for a quick word. So you know our friends at Built. They're always coming up with new flavors. Well, this time, they have truly outdone themselves with a new mud pie flavor. For the first time ever, Built is introducing the mud pie flavor in both mud pie bar and mud pie puff not sure what a mud pie tastes like well if you're a chocolate fan sit down for this the new mud pie bar is ripped ah sorry rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in 100 real chocolate and topped with cookies and cream crumble you've got all that those all sound amazing like the cookies and cream crumble really good and how often are you going to get a chocolate mousse? Like, that's not a real common flavor. Something special. Not convinced? Luckily, we saved the best for last. It's actually healthy for you. All Built Bar products contain low calories, high protein, and low sugar. And the Mud Pie is packed with 16 grams of protein, only 150 calories, and 8 grams of sugar. It's like your mom baked a pie, and it's the most delicious, creamy, chocolatey Mud Pie all wrapped up just for you. What I want you to do is go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So we have an important favor to ask you guys. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. 
This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Lockdown Podcast. Go to LockdownPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everybody that com- get, completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. Once again, to take our audience survey, go to LockdownPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks again for your help. So let's continue this episode. Once again, we're talking about David Juracek with Will Scouch from Scouching on today's episode. And um, I think one of the things that, that that stuck out to me so far, Will, is you know, kind of mentioned his physicality, and I think that's one of the things, like in you know, at least in in you know, in my viewpoint, that could benefit the Coyotes because that's something that if we're seeing more of a trend towards on this team. They they want bigger guys, a little more physical, those who are you know, like if, like willing to you know go up front. Yeah, I mean, if I'm not, I'm not the kind of person who will look at that type of play and think that it's not valuable. Um, it just is a matter of like, is that what you want out of your team? And is is that the brand that you want? And is that sort of the identity? And I think that if that's what they're sort of aiming at moving forward, a little bit more of that physicality and and sort of I hate to use the word grittiness, but that kind of thing, then Juracek might be the guy like I, I I again I think I'd be a little surprised if he went as high as three to Arizona but I get it if that's kind of what they're aiming at you know he I don't think there's very many other guys in at the, at the top end of this draft that I think are as mean as him like he will you know he does the whole using people's spines as a as a as a washboard kind of thing like a lot and really goes into the corners pretty hard and will really challenge at the defensive blue line and and, and pinch on guys and that's something that, you know, I, I think NHL teams really like, especially with 17-year-old defensemen. Um, so, you know, if you if you believe in your strength and conditioning team and you think you can get him to be stronger and more more physically fit and and you know just build up that that turn him into a bear a bear basically just like a you know <laughs> the way David Juracek can be, then I think there could be something there. Um, and and if you're drafting third overall, I'm not sure who else I'd throw in the, into the ring with him in terms of you know who could be one of these more physical guys. So if that's the angle that they, that they want to go, um, then your seems a lot more valuable, especially if you're not super concerned about the injury that he, that he, that he had. Um, so yeah, I, I could easily see it. And I, I think that if that's what the focus is, then that pushes him higher on the board for sure. Yeah. The, the team is definitely getting more physical. And I think that defensemen, they don't have that really physical guy yet in the system. And I'm not sure if they would, you know, go for the third overall pick for for something like that, but it definitely seems like a need that they're going to, you know, be addressing sooner or later. Uh, it, I, I'm kind of with you. I'm not sure if he's a, a third overall just from kind of like the reports I've read. I haven't seen him play as much as you, so I, <laughs> I don't want to, you know, say too much. But yeah, he seems like he could be a fit. But maybe if the Coyotes had like the fifth or overall pick, that'd be like kind of a a better yeah. spot. Yeah, it's hard because as well, you know, I don't I don't let the data that I gather myself, I don't let that data sort of set my list and if I did David Yurichek wouldn't be very high. Like he he has he has really struggled to drive results in every single game I've I've watched. You know, his transition game isn't particularly good going either direction. His shot differentials are not particularly great at either end. Um he passes the puck a lot doesn't hit his targets a whole lot, ices the puck a lot more than most defensemen, but 
the whole thing with him that I go back to, and this is why I don't really rely on the data that much when I come to when it comes to recommending players, is what he could be. Like you can see the wheels turning in a certain direction, and you can sort of see him. You know, the Czech league is not the best professional league out there, but it's not the worst, and it's a it's a pretty good place to play. It's physical. It's pretty quick. The guys, they're they're veterans. They've been there a while. It's it's hard hockey, and he, you know, the results aren't there yet, but you can kind of see it and it's just a matter of developing the footwork and the mobility and, and getting him stronger on his feet to sort of get to that point. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the results themselves have not been great. Um, but I don't think it's the flashes that you see out of him. Like, is that worth drafting at the third overall pick? Probably not. And I think if what you're looking for is maybe more physical players that, you think have a pretty low, maybe a low ceiling, but a pretty decent floor as a more physical defender that can just defend. And that's pretty like an Ilya Labushkin kind of guy. Like you don't worry so much about the offense with him, but you know what you're getting defensively. Then I think there's a few guys that you could maybe snag, you know, with one of those four second round picks, maybe two of those second round picks you could use on one of these guys. Like I, I like Giannis Moser. I was amazed to see him in the NHL this year, but that's a guy they drafted in the second round. And He's already an NHL player. Like, yes, he's already 22 years old, but at the end of the day, like that's an NHL player that they could probably run with for a little while. And they drafted him outside the first round. And I feel like there's a couple of other guys that might not be 21 and ready for the NHL right now, but in a couple of years could slot in in a similar kind of role like Moser might be able to do over the next little while, which is more down the lineup, you know, filling a role, doing their job, and you might get a good defensive player out of that that does have a bit of a physical edge to him. Um, so, I again, like, three, Juracek, he's he's sort of the top-tier guy that, that fits that bill. But I think there's some other players that you might be able to snag later, even if it's drafting them a little earlier than you maybe want to draft them. You get them so that no one else does, and you might end up with some more of what, what we're talking about here. Well... This does kind of remind me of uh, the Jacob Chikrin draft, just because he was rated uh, rated pretty high going into the draft. He fell down pretty low. I'm wondering if maybe like teams are hesitant with the with the with the knee, with the uh, the skating, um, and maybe he falls. I don't know. Like it, it seems like I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case, but. You know, none of us are NHL GMs. We don't know what's actually going on at the table. We're not making the calls. So right. uh, definitely kind of a, an interesting player to keep in mind. Absolutely. And I, it's interesting breaking, bringing up Chikrin as well, because I totally forgot that he had had a season that was, you know, uh, I believe. Oh, no, his season was was clean for injuries, but he has had, I believe, some injury problems in the past. Anyway, um, point is, yeah, I, I, I see what you mean. And I think... It's it's really hard. I mean, I, I look at it and say, well, look, I know the kind of knee injury that he has had, and they happen all the time, and they're fixable. It's it's not what, it, you know, in the old days, they used to take a piece of wire and thread it through your knee. Now they just take a tendon, a tendon out of your elbow uh, and utilize that to fix up your knee. So... Um, yeah, so I, I think that that's a I think that that's a a thing that will be easily fixable for him, um, and I'm not super concerned. It's you know, and I think Chikrin's an interesting parallel, um, but yeah, again, it's not something that I'm super concerned about. So, uh, uh, in, the, in the case for Yurichek, then where would, like, where would his would you consider his ceiling to be? Like, how how good is his potential? 
Um, I think he could be a second pair guy. I don't think that's too out- outlandish. I, I don't know what role in terms of special teams he could play. I, I think that he's a player that maybe at the end of the day could be a, a power play guy if things really break right and the team wants to develop him in that direction. But defensively is, you know, he's a player that I think if you if you want to think about likelihood with his development defensively, I think there's going to be a lot more benefit to him. And and if you work on his mobility and, and work on his positioning and everything, um, his, his, his penalty killing might be a way that you could leverage him, but as a second pair guy moving pucks, you know, stepping up in the offensive zone to create some offense here and there. Um, you know, I think there could be a better role for him suited there. And again, I'm trying to sort of set my expectations at a, at a relatively achievable level. You know, not not set things too high for him and just sort of understand where he could end up, um, especially considering the injury. Just sort of go, look, we think that you could be a really good, important core defenseman for us. You know, if you surpass our expectations, that's amazing. But just a rock solid core second pair guy that can maybe chip in penalty killing, um, probably more likely than power play. But but it's entirely possible that that, you know, he's an interesting blank slate, I guess is what I'm getting at. But I think that more likely he's going to slot in in that in that top four, uh, assuming that the Coyotes add enough talent that they could be a competitive team in a few years. Yeah, I mean the Coyotes do tend to make players play up a, a spot. Uh, it's <laughs> unfortunate kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one of the things that kind of stands out to me, a uh, bit of a concern, is I've seen some kind of um, reports knock his skating ability. And the Coyotes have already drafted a, a taller player who didn't have great skating third overall. That was Dylan Strom. Uh, <laughs> didn't necessarily work out the best for the Coyotes. Uh, although I do like Dylan Strom. I think he is developing into a fine NHL player. Uh, but something Robin and I have discussed a lot is Dylan Strom being drafted third overall was the worst thing that could happen to his career just because it's bringing expectations. Uh, and, I, and I'm kind of worried about the same kind of thing. Like if, if your check does go third overall, whether it's fair or not, fans are going to have expectations. Yeah. And it, it sounds like, you know, he may not be able to live up to those expectations. Well, I, I think it's, it's tough. I think that the problem is that this season in the draft, I don't want to call it a bad draft, but I think that it's very quick where that level of talent kind of flattens out. You know, I, I think this year it happens really fast. Outside of my top two, maybe three players, uh, of which Yurichek is not in that group, you could argue 20 different guys, you know, pretty much in any order. And I would understand. And you're a check as part of that group. And I totally understand. I totally get it. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, you in any draft, in any any situation, you also have to remember that super, super, super high end players are pretty rare. And the value that you get out of the draft drops off pretty quickly in most years. And I think this year you're going to end up with a lot of players that could be, you know, maybe second line forwards, good third liners, good second pair guys, you know, good power play guys that maybe play on your third pair or whatever. There, there's a whole bunch of different options and there's a lot of them. Um, but in terms of, of really, really high upside, you know, for me, I, I look at David Yurichek and go, look, if you get, if you draft third overall, 
you know, I think there's universes where other players drafted after third. If if you do go with Juracek, you look back and go, man, we should have drafted someone else. But I also feel like at the end of the day, Juracek could be one of these guys that people that the fans really are glad to have around. You know, the physicality, everything. It's it's all I think something that could add together and uh, and 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 make himself an interesting player. Like I, again, I don't think many players in this draft at all are going to be like household first line, first pair guys. I, I, maybe a few of them might sort of elevate their games over the next few years. I can't say it's impossible, but just based on how they are now relative to previous draft classes I've seen, it, it might be a bit of a stretch to put really, really huge expectations on him. And you mentioned his skating. I think his skating has been fine, like perfectly fine for what what kind of a player he is. But it did, I think, take a bit of a step back after coming back from injury. But again, that's not something that concerns me so much. And I've said that like 40 times at this point. But it's it's more a case of just getting him the reps and having a summer where he can sort of get his get his range of motion back, get get the training back, get stronger, build on everything that he's already pretty good at. And I think there could be something there. Um, so again, I, I think that with people that are just hockey fans or fans of the the Coyotes, it's like there might be higher upside swings I think you could take, but with Juracek, he plays the style of play where he should be a really solid NHL defenseman. You know, it, at, at worst, just a stable defensive guy that will get physical along the boards when when needed. You know, a guy who you don't need to worry about playing the NHL style of actual defense. It's just a matter of refining him offensively into the player that I think he could be. Because I think there's good offensive tools, there's good vision and, and creativity and puck skill and all these things that you don't usually see out of six foot three, six foot four defenders that I think he does have. Um, so it does make him a little unique. But again, for me, I, I always set my bar with prospects relatively low and say, look, like, if you beat it, great. If you can get past that, that range, then great. If you can't, th- at least we have this sort of understanding of where you could end up. And I feel like with Juracek and most players in this draft, especially outside the first couple of picks, like, I, I, it kind of does suck because to me, this draft is sort of Shane Wright, Logan Cooley, one, two, and then a bunch of guys that I think you could make an argument about now is Logan Cooley going to be there at three for Arizona. It's possible. Um, but, but other than that, I mean, there's a whole bunch of guys that I think could make, you could make an argument for, and they all kind of have relatively similar likelihood of upside and, and hitting that, hitting that target. Yeah, it seems to be a uh, a very common theme of everyone that we've had that we've had on so far. Of like, once you get past the first few picks, then it's just like a, a drop off, and it's a really just you know a massive scatter map of the rest. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, but a lot of players. So so that is kind of good because I, I do remember some drafts when you were getting to like the thirtieth overall pick, where you're like, ah, oh, that guy probably not going to do too much. It's like second round plus. It at least seems like this one like. Up until the very end of the first round, there will hopefully be some good good prospects available. Oh, I think so. I I am envious of the Arizona Coyotes. I I think this is going to be one of those drafts where, you know, like based on what I've seen and the list that I've put together for myself, especially with the situation with Russian players and everything, and I don't know what is going on behind the scenes with Arizona specifically in that area, but you, you if you play your cards right and let other teams sort of make the I would say questionable decisions that they can make. If you just let that happen and let the chips sort of fall, I feel like you're going to have a really good couple of days. Um, there's a lot of players I think this year that I think are undervalued. There's a lot of players this year that I think are maybe not overvalued, but 
you know, might get overdrafted, I guess you could say. Um, just players that I think are going to get drafted a little higher than I would take them that might push down players I'm more interested in uh, that could that could really carry some good value, especially if their development comes away. So, you know, the thing I've been telling to people over the course of the year, especially over the last month or two, is like, if you're not drafting in the top few couple of draft picks this year, like, open the phone lines and see who wants what. Like, if someone really, if Yuri Slavkovsky is there at three, I really like Yuri Slavkovsky, but I feel like teams cannot get enough of that guy. And if you can open the phone lines and add, I don't know what, I don't even know where that discussion even starts. It depends on the team, depends on the situation, whatever. It depends on what you're looking for. You could do some damage by moving around the draft a little bit and trying to capitalize on maybe getting more, just more volume out of this really wide range of players that should be available, I would say, into the second round. Like last year, guys like Logan Stankoven and Atu Ratu and a bunch of other guys slipped all the way to the mid to late second round. And so for me, I'm going, well, those guys pretty objectively were some of the better players available past 25 and you got them in the mid to late second round. So I get the feeling that something similar is going to happen with at least a couple of players. Um, And when I look at my list, I'm kind of excited about maybe 35 names, 30 to 35 names on my list that could be interesting to pick up and, and they're ranked all over the place. Um, and if you can, I mean, you've got seven picks in the first two rounds, and I feel like if you could pick seven of those 35 names, which I think is entirely possible, uh, then you're laughing. Then then I think you're laughing. So they're in a great spot. I'll be very fascinated to see what happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there is a bit of an argument there for like drafting more of this sort of big bubble of players. Just go for quality, go for quantity, because they all serve different needs, roles, and and have varying levels of upside and, and the likelihood of hitting it and all that stuff. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But that that could be a legitimate strategy for sure this year. Yeah, like uh, we we we've we've been very um, uh, high on 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 the way that Bill Armstrong is setting setting up this draft. We're like he's setting it up. Now he just has to execute. He just got to. He's, yes. he's got to do it right. <laughs> yes, that's the thing. I mean, I I I'm in Toronto, uh, and I remember the 2016 draft where Austin Matthews went first overall, and I think Toronto had 12 picks that year or something, and I'm pretty sure that Austin Matthews is the only one that is still a Toronto Maple Leaf. And part of the problem with Toronto is that they don't have that depth, that cheap, effective depth coming from the youth that they've drafted over the last five years since this rebuild started. And they've kind of struggled to build this sort of depth that really pushes them over the edge. Right. So it's important, right? Like you, you stockpile the draft picks, you've torn it down. They might not even be done tearing it down. Now you got to make it count because if you don't, if you, if you punt your draft picks or play it too safe or whatever, then five years down the line, even if let's say you draft David Juracek and he turns into a top pair power play and penalty killing defenseman that plays 25 minutes a night and he's winning a Norris trophy here and there, you still need more pieces than that, you know, and, and, and a lot of the teams that really go deep in the playoffs add those pieces in those mid to late rounds where they just sort of find guys. And I feel like there's a lot of opportunity for Arizona to even just stumble bum first into one, you know, at some point when they've got seven of these picks in the first couple of rounds. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, but yeah, you're right. This is, this is kind of where the rubber sort of hits the road. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what they do. It'll be it, 
if it were me, I'd be thrilled. And I think that you could do a lot of damage and, and we'll see how it shakes out. But this is a really, really important one for Arizona for sure. Absolutely. We're, you know, we're pretty darn excited for it. Once again, as we get oh, yeah. to, with, within the three oh, yeah. week mark now, three weeks yeah. left until, until oh, my that, God. maybe. Yeah, uh, I just can't wait to write all of those uh, pick uh, profiles uh, <laughs> on the day of. Let's see if I could get four second round picks in like the 30 minutes that it happens. That'll well, once fun. once the Armstrong project is done and they get all of 20 through 32, yeah, then, yeah. then you'll know your, your work's cut out for you. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, absolutely love it. Well, Will, we really appreciate you coming on. We always uh, spend the last the last minute or two uh, uh, leaving an open floor to you to you know let all our listeners know where they can find you and everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can find me mo- mainly on YouTube and Twitter. Uh, so follow me at Scouching on both of those platforms. There's lots and lots of YouTube content coming out between now and the draft. Uh, it's crunch time, so there's lots coming out. Uh, you can also directly support me on Patreon or on YouTube through the membership program there. Lots and lots of perks you can check out at patreon.com scouching or on the YouTube channel. Uh, I'm also a writer at McKean's Hockey, so our draft guide just came out. There's a little bit of material in there for me and my video team there, uh, which you can check out at McKean'sHockey.com. Um, and yeah, I mean, I also run live streams every Thursday night, 8 p.m. on YouTube, which you can also check out and, and bombard me with inquiries regarding the draft, I'm sure. Arizona Coyotes fans will have lots and lots and lots of questions before and after the draft. So I'm happy to answer them. And uh, yeah, I think that, I think that, uh, that just about does it on my end. Awesome. Absolutely. Wonderful. Great. It was good once again to have you on this show and uh, thanks everyone for, for listening to this episode. Cause if you like what you heard, you can don't, don't get to leave a review, like comment, subscribe. If you have yet to already, we're available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Don't forget to interact with us on social media. Go on Facebook, facebook.com slash locked on coyotes, on Instagram at locked on coyotes, and on Twitter at LO underscore coyotes. I am personally at Robin underscore Leonio, Robin with Y underscore L E A N O. Carl Pavlock at Carl Pavlock at H. Interact with us, ask a question you might have, we can answer right back or on a future episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for coming to listening to today's episode. And thanks again to Will for joining us. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on. Ah!